Teenagers wandering in. Yeah, I know, I know that feeling. Get that now. What, what, what are you doing? Do you know how my goes? By your feet. Ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba. It's like in a bag. Some bits might have fallen out. Oh, that. Thought some bits in the box. It's right in front of your nose, Chan. It's right in front of you. go looking. Do you know go looking? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, there's lots of snarky remarks. You done anything else? Was there a green box there as well? Uh, yeah. That'll be it as well. I mean, no rush, it's fine. Any close door? Close door? Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Conquistables. This week, the Conquistables go back to 1992 for WCW Beach Blast. Visiting the Gulf Coast this week is the Taylor Maid, Ewan Taylor, the Dog Trace Gremlin, Phil Doyle, Doctor Death, Cameron Phillips, and Jordy Allen Milburn. Only tonight on the Conquistables. Boy, this is going to be fun for the edit. <laughs> yeah. So just chop um, it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, much just like the kidnapped driven child chat last week. was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, nah. that had to go. It's it's be be I told Claire that. I was, dark. Uh, yeah, I, I told Claire that. I was like, going, Phil's currently editing out the bit about kidnapping German children. <laughs> and then she went, why are you talking about kidnapping German children? I was like, I honestly can't remember. It was you <laughs> bet. Had, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I kind of yeah. clicked on a little, oh, yeah, it's you bet. It's all that Kelly's fault. And then flipping, like, Warren Ellis is a douchebag as well, one of my favourite writers. It's like you can't have any yeah. fun anymore. Nothing nice. No, no. nothing. No, it, it's, it's essentially just, it's just rubbish do you like people in media yes well there's a good chance they're probably a dick have they done something you like well yeah. guess what they've done other stuff as well <laughs> yeah I'm thinking yes. oh, we'll just we'll move on past this sexual offender chat by watching Beach Blast 92 hang on a second oh. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. I remember a certain bit towards the end it's like oh god yeah. yeah it's not too hot really you can't you can't have anything anymore no, no not really it's it's just just I don't know have an opener that just has no crowd that's probably the best option <laughs> that's, that's the official conquistable stance on the current situation yeah it's just it's, it's just depressing just, just oh god has has Alan finished his dinner or is he cooking it at the minute no I'm done I'm all done Ooh. are wow. you done what did you have I have chilli dogs they're quite nice oh chilli dogs there you yeah. go that sounds like something he, like he actually had to cook uh, yeah, the microwave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's still cooking, technically. And that thought comes Alan, crashing to a halt. Alan is suitably nourished for the mm-hmm. occasion. Um, yeah. So we've all seen the show. Mm-hmm. All the way through. I'm pretty sure my call recorder's working as well on my new computer. Mine oh. is. Oh, yours is. Good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mine's mine's working. In a way, it's good. It, it good. It kicks in automatically because we'd have lost the last episode of the Polish box had it not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was that's not so good. Oh, yeah, I'm um, straight away. My trial of the Time Lord has arrived. Brilliant. Oh, it's, it reeks of Christmas special. Oh well. Oh god, is Jordi going to be on the Polish box as a guest? 
Yeah, well, um, the the plan at the minute, this is great talk on a, why do I always end up doing this? I always end up talking about the other podcast when I'm on the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, we're, for November the 23rd, which will be the 57th anniversary of Doctor Who. Don't know why we're marking the 57th. I've no idea. Why not, I suppose. Uh, yeah. It's, um, we, we are, Colin Baker's final season was a one continuous storyline called Trial of a Time Lord. And it was the Doctor literally in court facing charges of execution on Gallifrey for his crimes against time. And there's like four individual stories, but they all wrapped up into this one overall story. So we're going to do defending or prosecuting the whole series and you can call witnesses. <laughs> oh my God. So for each story, we've already got people lined up from sort of other Doctor Who podcasts to come in and either, you know, slide off or defend it for each, each story. And I was trying to get Al to do Terror of the Vervoids, mainly because if you Google Terror of the Vervoids and look at the actual aliens, they conveniently look like clitorises. <laughs> oh my God, they do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just googled it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You and did. I'm going to save it for the episode. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, um, yeah. <laughs> again, again I'll chop all this out of the edit. So, you oh, know. Yeah. yeah. So, you can't um, have any cross promotion to a non wrestling podcast. I mean, come on. No, you can't. No, no, no. I don't no. Know. I'm, fully, I'm fully wrestling minded tonight. That's why so, you're talking uh, with Doctor Who. <laughs> that's why I'm talking with Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, so that's what we're going to do. But we're going to have to record it over like four weeks and then release it as a one big episode in the um, on the twenty third of November. Yeah, is the plan. So um, yeah, we're organising Christmas specials. Don't know what the Conquistadors Christmas specials are going to be. Mm-hmm. At this rate, nothing Gucci, because there's no wrestling left. Sorry, we'll do December to December. You know, oh my God, God, no! Oh. <laughs> the, the that is, that is, is the worst. That's the it, worst show I've ever watched live. Is it going to be my choice come December? That might be worthwhile. Oh God! Oh, you give them ideas now. Yeah, I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Whose idea was it for this week? Was it you and? This was mine. You and this was my fault. Because we're on a, we were on a quest to find some decent WCW. <laughs> yes, I I've the, I am of the belief it might be ill fated based on our recent research that I I am almost positive WCW did at least one pay per view that would achieve the goal of good and no, no. they did a few that was like this <laughs> they did a few good ones the, the, i think the problem we, we have we haven't reviewed them though <laughs> yeah we haven't we haven't reviewed them but i think the problem we have is obviously wcw didn't have as much of a presence in the uk at the time no, no. so therefore we as it fair to say and stop me if i'm speaking for everyone here um is that we have more of a sentimental connection with yeah. wwf people We've got got WF bias because that's the majority of what we saw at the time when it was happening. I would say that for myself, I do have some kind of nostalgia for this era of WCW because I feel like before the Monday Night Wars, this was like the most they were in the UK. Yeah. Like 91, 92. Um, Because I remember it being on, I think it was before, like on ITV on a Saturday, they had the show on then. I also remember getting, I think, a WCW annual this year. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, seen like comics and stuff. So I think there was a good attempt to get it as like a, a, a bigger presence in the UK mm. that, you know, fell in its ass pretty quick. I mean, I'm not going to say, <laughs> but I do this remember at true. the time and thinking, you know, I, I do have some kind of weird connection to this era. I do kind of <laughs> like this kind of, doesn't like a strong word, but I do remember it and do have some kind of memory of it. But 
it's not as strong as like like you say the WWE stuff like WrestleMania eight yeah, and exactly those kind of rumbles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when so, I was checking, um, I was checking all the notes uh, before this, and we have actually reviewed the paper just before this. Have we? Yeah, which was Wrestle yeah. War '92. Oh, okay. That's oh, interesting. With the, with the War Games match. Yeah, which uh, is actually the 18th best uh, best pay per view ever. So there's a lot of pressure on this podcast. Oh, this uh, pay per view. There really isn't. Kind of the, main, the main reason why I selected this show was because as the listeners of the show and you guys know I have a bias towards Japanese wrestling I love <laughs> Japanese wrestling so much and when I was looking through WCW I came across a few matches I thought that might be quite good but then I came across the main event of this particular show and when I saw the participants in the main event I immediately said the guys have to see this because I think this might be one of the better WCW main events of all time but Ooh. I guess we'll just we'll find out. We'll find that out later, yeah. But, um, a bit of the context for uh, this pay-per-view. This is actually between WrestleMania 8 and SummerSlam 92. Oh, okay. Oh, it is, yeah. Because it's uh, June 1992, so WrestleMania would, would have been April and SummerSlam, I think, was like August or something, because it was the UK one. August 20, um I think August 29th, it was filmed August 31st. Yeah. Or something along them lines. Which, I'm not okay. Sure. I don't know. Sidebar, that's what, April, May, June, July, August, four months between pay-per-views for WWE. How crazy is that? <laughs> and now it's like three days. Three days. Three it feels yeah. that way, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of context there for you. So it's got to be got to beat the 18th best pay-per-view that we've done so far. Okay. And it's kind of slap bang in um, the kind of a, a golden period of our nostalgia for WWE, so. When we originally went for this pay-per-view, I genuinely thought I'd never seen it. But the more I watched it on the network the other night, the more I seemed to remember my mate Chris having this. Oh. And I was on VHS. Was there a particular what- reason why he had it on VHS? A particular no, contest that happens throughout the show? Deary me, Phil, what do you <laughs> accuse us of? Um, <laughs> May I approach the bench? Um <laughs> My wrestle nerdiness, um, I got them some of dates spot on. I thought I'd have to go. Wow. <laughs> well, we knew you would, Al. <laughs> we had to have the Al order there, didn't we? You know what we should do for Christmas? We should make a wrestling quiz for Al. Wrestling Mastermind with Jordy Al. Oh, my God. As long as it's WWF and... Oh, no, no, it will be. It will be. It'll be the most obscure WWF stuff we can find. <laughs> can we get Jim Johnson to go on the, rest of the Mastermind music? There you go. Yeah, that'll be amazing. That's all over it. Tonight, turn up your AC for summer's hottest action with World Championship Wrestling. Who will be crowned the first lady of WCW? Can the Steiner brothers send Doc and Gordy packing back to Japan? Will the ring be able to hold Sting and Cactus Jack? Find out who the real Iron Man is. There's only one way to catch this sizzling slam fest. It's the WCW Beach Blast. So we are June the 20th, 1992. We're in the Mobile Civic Center in Mobile, Alabama. Yep. And this is the first WCW pay-per-view, which in the company is under the stewardship of Bill Watts. Yes. yes. And Bill Watts. That came with a lot of interesting move, uh, moves, such as the top rope was banned. Yeah. That was part of my thought when we kind of opened it. It was like, okay, WCW pay-per-view. It was like a bit of a roller coaster. It was like, not sure I'm about the opening font at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they, announced, they, they lead with a bikini contest. Oh, dear. <laughs> Then it's like, oh, but there's only one ring. There's only yes, one ring. Exactly. Yes. There's only one ring. You are welcome. Yeah. And then Bill Watts pops up. I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So a bit of a roller coaster to begin with on this. 
And also, I did all of this. I had to double check because it's WCW. Um, Mobile Alabama is on the Gulf Coast. So it is potentially near a beach. There you go. Isn't, well, that, where, isn't that where Hardcore Holly's from? Yes, Probably. that's correct. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, Alabama? I was like, I wasn't sure how inland it was because it would strike me as like having something called Beach Blast not near a beach would be a WCW thing. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, actually. But I double-checked yeah. and audited it, and it's actually on the Gulf Coast, so it's potentially like within walking distance of a beach, so that's fine. We've got a big tick there. One ring. Yeah, that's okay. One <laughs> ring, it, tick. It's past the beach, first test. Tick. Yeah, well, I'm going <laughs> to... Bill Watts has got a bum bag, tick. I am going to mention there is a dark match. Oh! oh. Now you guys love me going on about this thing, but here we go. No, go right, ahead. Dark, dark match, JYD, Pom Zink, and Big Josh... Defeated Tracy Smothers, R- Ricky Morton, and DDP. Why was Ooh. this not on the main card? <laughs> DDP, so, yeah, that's interesting. Power. That sounds all right, actually. I mean, take out JYD because he's very broken at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Josh isn't too far from his move because he would go on to play Dunk the Clown. And he's, he would, uh, yeah. He'd be that's right, yeah. He's yeah. very close. Because when, when was this, when was this again? June. Nice June, June, June. Yeah. yeah, so I'm sure he was definitely at the Survivor Series. Like, he wasn't wrestling, but he had. Yeah, yes, but I was saying about that time he came out with okay. Dunk He debuted doing pranks and stuff, didn't he? That's, yeah. that's what he did. Yeah, he was mm. definitely at the Survivor Series. I don't so think it's that long until Ric Flair comes back to WWE either, is it? It's less than a year, I think, before he's back in with the. Uh... It, January, well, he leaves in January '93, so it'll be around, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah probably also from there. Um, I would be... also like to point out that this is probably the youngest Tony Schiavone we have seen, even though this show <laughs> is actually in more advance of the NWA show that we watched, but he looks even younger in this one for some reason. It's I don't the know shirts. why. It's the it shirts. really is. It has to be that. Like, they're, they're dressed yeah. for the beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eric Bischoff also looks like he's about to model something for the catalogue. <laughs> he is. <laughs> In it's full salesman mode, isn't he? He's like... He is full, yeah. Would you buy a used car from this yeah. man? Definitely from Cowboy Bill Watts with his bum bike. Uh, and also, Jim Ross and Hawaiian shirt is just an image that just baffled Did my mind. That? Well, it's better than a toga. Yeah, you could but... just imagine, I'm like, I'm not wearing this shit. And then <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Just give me the Hawaiian shirt, and I'll wear that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just... yeah. Hey, uh, Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura, that's not a bad booth, though, is it? It's a good booth, yeah. Can we I point out, though... I think Al's going to probably say that I was going to lead into what Al, me and Al were taking each other about. Al, you were saying about Ventura. Yes. Carry on. Now, for me, Jesse Ventura is the voice of WF because them early events are my favourites. I've watched them, I don't know how many times. So yeah. hearing his voice on WCW was very strange to me. Mm. But Cam, I think, is the opposite. I'm the reverse, yeah. Ventura is very much a WCW guy to me. I'm with you, Cameron. Venture to me, I I know obviously he did a lot of commentary in the very early days of the WWF, but for me, Venture and commentary is WCW for me. It's it's more about that. I don't know why, but for me, Jesse Venture to me is more WCW. Allow me to blow your minds. Um, Tony Schiavone to me has always been a WWF voice. Really? Because the first one, the first things I watched was Royal Rumble 90? 90, yeah. Well, it's hit Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura on commentary. Oh, shit, you're right. So that I watched that a lot when I was a kid, so it seems weird hearing him on anything else sometimes. So have, have that. Have that in your... That's so weird, though. Between the but four yeah, but... we've got such a different view of it. That's really, yeah, really interesting. Depending on the angle you came into it, really, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad he's got a moustache, because I'm sure he's got a moustache, and uh, no, Tony. <laughs> like, his current AWE beard, yes. Moustache, no. 
Mm. They pair them well, yeah. um, 89 together as well. Yeah. All right. I'm okay. sure they did, yeah. So there was the two, yeah, and then he moved on, he did. Um, was yeah, it like did. Vince was thinking of bringing him to replace him or something and then it just didn't happen? Yeah, I think so. Cause, talked about yeah, it on a podcast, I think. Because when you say Ventura did the Rumble 90, he only did WrestleMania 6 and then he's he's gone. He doesn't do any more events after WrestleMania 6. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, so then he obviously goes to WCW. So they went with um, Piper on commentary. They kind of replaced him for a bit. Mm. Uh, sometimes with Vince and sometimes with Gorilla. And then eventually Bobby Heenan came into it and there you go. Magic was made. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's it's quite interesting how the more we look at the sort of early 90s, the more we realize that this was actually quite a revolutionary time for professional wrestling in America anyway, because you've got WCW starting to find their feet again, WWF still trying to work out what they're doing, and everyone's going back and forth between one and the other. So yeah, people kind of go. It's a, it's a really curious time. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to bring up a statistic. Oh, hello. Gonna, but I'll do it now. Right. I, haven't, I haven't Googled extensively, so if I'm <laughs> a little bit incorrect, I apologize. But, <laughs> okay. um, how many guys on the main card of this show do you think never wrestled a match for WCW? Sorry, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. You mean WWF Al? Yeah, yeah, just edit that bit out. No, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Never so, wrestled, so never went across the other side. Yeah. Never went oh. up north. Never went up yeah. north. Um, I'm going to say none of them. No, no, no. I was going to say I was going to say Marcus Bagwell, but no, he did. He yep. did eventually. Uh, I, think, I think I've got, I've got an answer. Jimbo definitely I did. I will say two. Two? Yeah. Who are the two you in? The two I think are Barry Windham. No. No. Okay. Never mind. Oh shit! You're right. Yeah. Stalker, isn't he? Who was who was your second one? Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton's correct, yes. Bobby Eaton oh. is correct. Who's the other one? It is... I don't remember. <laughs> um... We demand an answer, Ryan. Oh, my Lord. You know what? I set the quiz. Who else was... It was... Oh, Koloff. Koloff. That's who it was. Nikita Koloff. Nikita Koloff. Of course. I don't think he did. Ivan Koloff did. I don't think Nikita Koloff did. I... Wow, yeah. That's oh, great, actually. Okay. Also, is a little flip of this. The nearest event. Reverse the question for SummerSlam '92. Ooh. Oh, right. So you're looking for people who never wrestled for WCW that wrestled in SummerSlam '92. Well, no, Nails yeah. went across, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm not looking uh, at the dark match. Uh, not, not, not did. Uh, I can't think of when he's on the card. Did Tio Santana never win? I don't think he did, but he's in the dark match, so I wasn't counting that because he was. All right. Okay. Um. Brett did, Bulldog did, Warrior did, Savage did, Legion of Doom definitely did, obviously. <laughs> Pretty much all of them again, isn't it? Ted DiBiase oh. did, but he didn't wrestle. Yeah, I, I, I know that's a weird one, but I'm kind of counting them. In, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah he would have signed. Yeah. He, he would have signed a WCW contract yeah. to be there. Um, IRS did, obviously, as Wall Street. Uh, I'm trying to remember the other card. Shawn Michaels never did. Yep, I believe Gamma's the only one, I think. Wow. That sounds about right. I think that's the only one. Martel did, uh, Kamala did, Undertaker yeah. his career. Well, you know, um, yeah, yeah, Undertaker. Uh, both Bethany Brothers wrestled under different names, and of course, Typhoon had the most fantastic debut ever in WWE. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. 
I'm going to say as well, there's probably a few guys from this, this um, card who are still there at WCW Greed. Yeah. Um, for I'm just, I say. Well, That's Dustin cool. Rhodes is, obviously, but he's gone That's and come back. In the way, yeah. Um, Steiners. Greed. Uh, Steiners, yeah. Steiners, Bagwell's on Greed. Um, Not loads. There's still a few of them knocking about then, isn't there? Uh, I'm trying to think if Raven had left by the time Greed. Yeah, Raven had left by the time Greed came around. Was he, he wasn't. WWE, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Parker. I think. Yeah. One more thing about this yeah. opening um, bit with Bill Watts kind of talking about how good the wrestling's going to be. It's quite yeah. interesting hearing him talk about like talking up the light heavyweights and how good they're going to be when he's banned them from using the top rope. Yeah, and also didn't push them in any way whatsoever. But yeah, it's like that, it, it's the lamest, stupidest rule I've ever heard. I mean. You can see Jim Cornette sitting there going, right, good, there'll be no flippy shit with this rule in it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and also there's no mats down by the side of the ring. It's just yeah. like bare concrete, which well, we'll, come, we'll come back to that later. Seems to be, yeah, it seems to be like the biggest sort of macho boast ever. Oh, we wrestle yeah. without any of these pansy mattresses on the side of the yeah. ring to prevent your fall. What are you so, you're thinking, yeah, right, um, Bill, um, it's smashed ankles, mate. Yeah, they don't, <laughs> no, don't it's, joke it's it. nothing to do with that. It's just that they cut the budgets. It's like Bill Watts couldn't afford any match anymore. So it was yeah, like, right, but it's, it's really it's kind of stupidly put. A, it's weird how wrestling does that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you remember that? Do you remember the, that time that our truth was um, like slagged off on Raw for stopping mid-match and having a drink of water? Yes, and that. That bizarrely was try like twisted as some sort of oh well he's weak he needs to take a drink during a match, as if taking a drink during an athletic contest is something to be ashamed <laughs> of. <upon. laughs> yeah, Jesus like, no, he just he's just hydrating himself. That's yeah, quite he, smart. He doesn't want to pass out because that would kind of hinder the match if he yeah. was like blacked out. Yeah, it's just like what the hell? Anyway, yeah. yeah. So um, he absolutely once had a cigarette break. I think during the match. <laughs> yeah, that, that I could maybe understand. That's borderline. But That's the, borderline. Wait, if it's, the, if it's good the, enough for the to Dan, it's good enough for our truth. Let's be honest with ourselves. There you go. Mm. Exactly. Johan Cruyff was like a 20-a-day guy during the entire of his career. Right. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go for this pay-per-view because I think we've had about 26 minutes of, 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 of skating around it. Let's go straight to the first match. All right. All right let's do it. Well, we've got uh, Jesse Ventura comes out with some bikini babes. Oh, the, yeah. The most un-Jesse Ventura music ever. And a typical down the beach for my colleague, Jesse the Body Ventura. So sure we can get the body down at ringside. He looks like he's in good hands on the beach here in Mobile. Well, yeah. It wasn't and then, the, best. Um, the first match is Scotty Flamingo versus Flying, even though he can't really from the top rope, uh, Flying Brian Pillman. <laughs> I don't think he's even called Flying Brian no, Pillman. No, he's just yet. Brian Pillman at this Brian point. Pillman. Walking Brian. That's what he's, he's called. <laughs> he's called <laughs> Skipping Brian Sk- Pillman. Skipping lightly Brian he's Pillman. He's a second row Brian Pillman. That's what he would be. Second row hey. Brian Pillman. Um, can we um, can just point out probably you know greatest wrestling transformations I've got a list down here of um, Scott Steiner yep. uh, JBL yep. and yeah. Scotty Flamingo into Raven it's nice. quite amazing it's a complete 180 of character appear, yeah. uh, look everything crazy but yeah um, both men have hella 90s gear oh yeah it's great it's amazing 
Jesus. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. The 80s are alive and well in yeah. 1992. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So we've got two guys, Swat Flamingo and Brian Pillman, two great cruiserweights. You spend the opening of the match doing lots of chain wrestling and wear down holds. Well, they can't do much else, can they? So, you know, they can do something. They can't do any flying. Can't do that. I've got block apples about a third of the way in. Remarkable lack of flippy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but was that not because, like, that kind of style of wrestling hadn't really taken off yet? I think so. I think I think we haven't had Lucha Libre. No, the stars doing like Owen Hart's doing yeah. his stuff, and yeah, uh, yeah. Juicy like, yeah. doing his stuff, isn't he? So I think it's definitely. I mean, you know, we're, we're three, four years past Dynamite Kid. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Savage went over at that period of time? It's oh, like, God. oh yeah, like. Sorry, Macho, no more elbow drops for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do I do? What can I do? Yeah, no more double axe handles from the top rope to the floor. None of that, thank you very much. No, we don't want to have any of that yeah. in this house. I will say As, this is a rare match where, well, at least compared to nowadays, that you've got a very, very clear heel and a very, very clear face. Yeah. There was no in-between with these two guys. I can appreciate that about it, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really, and also, like, the crowd um, seems really kind of like different like all kind of I've written down they're, like, they're very Japanese like so they're very quiet but then w- they'll pick up when like a move happens mm-hmm. then they'll just kind of sit down and just kind of watch the match watch the rest of it and quiet I, I, Japanese I quite like kind that. of way it took a lot like to get used to it I was like once I kind of got my head flipped, flipped my head into like kind of like Japanese mode I was like oh yeah it's fine mm-hmm. but like yeah it's okay. when we got we were good just flipping back to WCW Greed for a second, like that had like crowd noise pumped in for like the entire thing, didn't it? Like it was barely oh, a break in. Yeah, people there. That's why. Oh, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> I think it's a good open. It's a good opener because the crowd getting involved. It's not criminally offensive like some opening matches can be because you know it's the opening yeah. match. Who cares? Yeah, actually, man, these two went out there and had a, an absolutely fine match, and they had a title change in the opener. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you won it. That's right. Yeah. The, the first bit yeah. that kind of like um, makes you kind of go when you realise there's no match by the ring is where I think Scott Flamingo is mm. up in the ropes and he kind of gets dumped onto his head. Oh, yeah, the ring. yeah. I'm sure that felt good. And it's like, oh, yeah. It's, uh, so you're literally kind of thinking, oh, he's fallen out the ring. Then you kind of think, wait a second, there's just bare concrete down there. <laughs> like, is this the bit where I've got here it says Flamingo straight down onto the concrete and then ref tells Pillman not to hit the top rope because it's banned be and I put yeah. thanks Bill <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah, Bill Jesus Christ Pillman injured himself hang on I'm trying to remember it. I remember he hit sort of a knee drop or something didn't he to win it yes how did Pillman hurt himself I can't did he, he goes, do something he does a dive over the rope and because the ramps the level with the ring, ring, ring it. It, he basically just misses and just slams straight yeah. into his head yeah that probably didn't feel good because like off the top rope is illegal but going over the top rope that's yeah that's fine. a weird rule you can go over the top rope so basically if you don't touch the top rope the top rope is on fire the yeah. top rope is lava and he, but if you go <laughs> over it it's okay and he can't throw we'll come, I think this come back, we'll come back to this later you can't throw somebody over the ropes on purpose no. If they happen to go over during like an Irish whip, that's okay. That's, well, that's fine. Yeah, that's, to be like an good job move, yeah. doing the Royal Rumble. But through the ropes is fine, but throwing them over the rope, that's not good. It's it's such a weird dichotomy they've got. Yeah. It, for something it should be very, very simple, but for some reason Bill Watts thought this was good to revolutionize wrestling and if anything, it sort of just took away from it, especially for your light heavyweight division that rely on being different and yeah. using yeah. the top rope and using flips and using Even the flippy shit. splashes or you know mm-hmm. anything it just it completely cuts the legs off yeah figure of speech but 
they have to rely more on the in-ring stuff, which they should be good at anyway, because, you know, they're wrestlers. But the light heavyweight division, cruiserweight division, whatever you want to call it, is defined by your high-risk, high-flying moves. And without that, it's just a smaller division. It's just that they're just doing the same thing as the main event, but Mm -hmm. they're smaller smaller dudes. Yeah, exactly. And what was quite thankful here is we had two very, very good and very competent wrestlers in the ring. I think with lesser light heavyweights, this could have been a mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Easily. I mean, there's no way... this. This contest remains quite evenly balanced and quite mm-hmm. tense for like nearly seven, well, 17 and a half minutes. Yep. It's pretty good all the way through, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, you're right, it's testament to the skill of Scotty Flamingo and Brian Pillman. Yeah. They carry this. They really do. <laughs> so we're off to a good start. So how do we follow a very nice and very good technical wrestling match a fucking bikini contest <laughs> which I think he's described as I think Jim Ross says there'll be this is the first of three situations I understand is Johnny B. Bad about ready uh, if he if, if he is we are about ready for the first of three uh, situations with these ladies situations is a really weird term to use in this context yeah I think it's... I think that's kind of been a kind of phone call going we've got a situation here <laughs> yeah which uh, is Jesse not hosting the event, apparently. They've got Johnny B. Bad, and I'm sure Ventura on their commentary um, hints that this isn't his scene, if you get what I mean. I think he more than hints. I don't like that at all. I'll tell you why, Jim Ross. As far as I'm concerned, Johnny B. Bad ought to be in the bikini contest. I've got it written down here. Ventura says John B. Bad should be in the bikini contest, not MCing it. <laughs> and then yeah. we've got um, we're not even sure if he likes girls. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, that's the that's the line. Now, Ross, I got to ask a question here. I'm not even sure if this guy likes girls. Well, I think he does. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like um, what's and then we get Johnny B. Bad. What's better than being a bad man? It's being at Bash Beach Blast. And her being a bad... <laughs> yes, that was an like, amazing disaster piece of uh, an opening what? promo. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can see um, why Vince hired him, can't you? For his promo skills. And also, you people at home can vote with the 1-900 number. And you people here, I can decide the winner by showing your applause. And then and it was like, um, I've put it down here, file this under things in wrestling I hope the wife doesn't walk in whilst I'm watching. <laughs> Did she? And then, oh, there's a phone number. Of course there is. Yeah. Yep. And then to it's vote. obviously a kind of let towards Missy Hyatt winning this. It's like, this yeah. is extremely comfortable for all involved, uncomfortable for all involved. And then is this why Alundra Blaze left for the WF within a year? <laughs> I guess probably. Well, yeah. I think the night gets worse for well, 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 we'll see. We get Tony Schiavone and Eric the car salesman again. <laughs> yep, and, and um, the huckster selling his huckster in as much as he can. It's it's oh, yeah. amazing. I don't think I've ever seen an on-screen talent attempt to sell anything as hard as Eric Bischoff is during this entire show. Well, that was his job. Where was he? He wasn't like he wasn't <laughs> the producer there yet, was he? He was no, just he, he was, was no, uh, no, 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 no. It was like promotion. I'm sure promotions like he was in charge with, so he was in his element, I guess. But he's the salesman, mostly basically, that's what his job is oh, to be yeah. the salesman for it. So he's 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 110. percent 
here's the thing though the people have already bought the show because they're watching it you don't need to sell it anymore <laughs> They've already, you've got their but money I suppose he's, he's kind of like the hype guy yeah he's okay going, you know, this yeah. is you know he's making he's making sure you don't switch off. Well, people in the audience walk out. Well, I mean, you're not because yeah, you've spent like 50, fifty bucks on it or however much it was back in the day. So well, you're like, watch it regardless. Yeah, I know, but, but it's like he's he's getting he's geeing up an atmosphere for you know for people at home. I can see why mm. he's on. Yeah, it. yeah, I get it. Um, we get a, a Bischoff saying the tailor-made man is ready. We're not sure what. Uh, that I, it's a terrible name. Terrible name. Yeah, it's well, bad. It's better, than you, it's better than you being a chicken. Well, is uh, it? That's worse gimmicks, yes. Um, <laughs> well, well, I just think, like, like I know that's a pun on his name, but it, it should be more of a nickname. Yeah, it shouldn't actual, be his actual name. His actual ring name, you know yeah. what I mean? Because the, the commentators have to refer to him at all times as the tailor-made man. Yeah, mm-hmm. it and was, it just doesn't trip off the tongue at all, does it? And the tailor-made man is... Frankly, ladies and gentlemen, cannot match up in a power match situation with Simmons. Well, Taylor Made Man is saying that Simmons pulled him by his long ponytail. And the Taylor Made Man trying to make Rick Big Ron Simmons outside. Thing like the Taylor Made Man Terry Taylor. That's a lot of Taylors in there, but yeah, a lot of T's. It's still better. Just Taylor Bit Taylor Made Man. I do love. Is he made out of cloth now? Well, the thing about that is, is he wrestling? Uh, Taylor, like an actual Taylor. Oh, that would be something. But imagine with... if he's the tailor-made man. Who is he tailored for? You. He he just is. I don't know. I didn't need anything that would fit me in that way. <laughs> well, then. I'll, I'll also say that Terry Taylor is another guy who, in about three months, would end up back in WWE. Shocking. Yeah, that little. That little stint just for a few months of kind of like a bit of a job. Uh, he was in Royal Rumble 93. He was just, just that little back end of 92 he turned up. So, yeah. Was he so just called Terry Taylor when he came back? Yeah. Just, so. uh, oh, terrific. Sorry. Terrific Terry Taylor. See, that's better. That's better oh, than Taylor Taylor. That's fine. Yeah, terrific see? Terry Taylor. I can see that. Triple T. So, um, Ross is so into this match, he proceeds to talk about Ron Simmons' football career throughout the entire match. Oh, that- well, that's been a staple of Jim Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Essentially. Um, this match went a bit long, I think we'd be fair to say. Um, yeah. It's seven seven minutes and ten seconds I've got down here. Yeah, it's... It's, it's not it's ages. It's okay. I don't think the result was ever in doubt. Well, no. No, 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 no. It's right, Can we also just point out a classic bit of Ventura commentary as this match begins? Because it's, it's pointed out that... Um, Ron Simmons has the key to the city. I can't remember which oh. city it was. Ron Simmons received the key to the city in Tallahassee earlier today. And I think what Tony was alluding to, Jess, was the middle. It's like homecoming on a football game. He gets so many distractions. Is he mentally distracted before this contest? I think that's the big question. You know, Jim Ross, I got to ask you, get the key to the city, right? Right. What do you really get out of that? I mean, like, does that unlock the bank or what? What do you get from it? The, uh, I think it's it's an obviously an honor of, of appreciation of, and of esteem from the community. The key to the city. Well, if it opened up the bank, I might be interested, but just to have a key. I love this line of country, loved it. Yeah, and it's what does the key to the city get you? Do they open the bank? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the problem is, like, you want to be like Ron Simmons, you just want him to kind of come in and steamroller him. You know what I mean? Like a big mm-hmm. kind of beefy hoss. Yeah, but we get like bear hugs and we get like chin locks. 
And that's what, that's yeah. what drags the pace down a bit because you want Bron Simmons to be battering folk. Mm-hmm. And I think, if I remember yeah. correctly, this is his sort of beginning to head towards the title. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I think it's not too far off, is it? Yeah, I think maybe by the end of the year he's champion. Because there's a big champion speech from him at the end, isn't there? Like a big kind of... Because mm-hmm. he beats Vader, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, I think yeah. it's Vader. I think he uses the same move he beats Terry Taylor with. It's like a power slam. It's like a dull power slam. It's a pretty power sweet slam. power slam. Was, yeah, written down. Yeah, nice yeah, power yeah, slam. Yeah, exactly. It's a worse one later, but this was a good one. But uh, it, it, it was fine. This match was okay. And it was okay for like a kind of like it's obviously it's like Terry Taylor is going to be like the arrogant get who's coming up against the powerhouse of Ron Simmons. Yeah, and Terry Taylor has to kind of work out strategically how he's going to have to get Ron Simmons off his feet, fail mm-hmm. spectacularly, <laughs> and then just get it barred essentially. Um, but yeah, Terry Chinlock, um, Simmons with a sidewalk slam, then a power slam for three. Yeah, I like it. I like Simmons. I, I like Ron yeah. Simmons quite well because obviously he didn't quite he was okay as a, as a champion but he didn't quite take off I don't think and then when he left and had that terrible gladiator gimmick oh uh, lord oh uh, uh, yeah when it was Sonny that managed yeah. him for like about a month and then the Nation of Domination thing was okay you know it was it was kind of okay and it, it tailored off a bit where they just threw other guys in and, it, and all these uh, well, it, it became a vehicle to basically build up yeah. the rock in the end yeah <laughs> Well, then I think when he found when he teamed up with Bradshaw, he really kind of found that like niche, didn't he? Like that's what he's pretty much famous for in his well, career, isn't it? They were basically he settled into the sort. Of, they were the team to watch if he just wants to watch two big men beat the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like oh, here's, here's the beef match. Here we go. Yeah, here's the big the beefy match. Here we go. <laughs> but, Did we uh, ever have the acolytes versus LOD? Oof, I don't, I don't think we. Did no, interesting. It, it wouldn't have been, been like at the height of their powers, though, would it? Let's be honest. I think when they were formed in '98, was it the back end of '98? I'm sure it was. Well, I'm on Backlash '99, and they're certainly in that. Yeah, yeah. I think LOD was mainly draws an animal. Yes, yeah, was. I think his Hulk was. Yeah, at least in the 2000 or something. Yeah, so there is a chance there might be a uh, like a Drosen animal against Acolytes, but anyway, I will research that where you you gentlemen talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, oh. so, I thought I would be around for the next match considering he's in it. Well, Marcus well, Marcus Bagger uh, versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. This this is like like this is like Doctor Who's Tardis has went wrong. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. It is like. It's like, that's, right. That's the other podcast. <laughs> a, very young, a very young Buff Bagwell, and then we've travelled back to 1976 to find his <laughs> important, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, Greg Valentine has not aged very really well since then. <laughs> no, he's, like, he doesn't um, look that much different from the 80s. He's just, you know, this the miles, I think, more than anything else. Yeah, I think he was just basically an old dog. He just seems out of place, you know what I mean? It's just like... He wasn't bad in his day, and he, he's had his WWE run. In fact, he left in January, so you know he found employment mm. pretty quickly with WCW. And I believe I, he went out with Medusa at one point. I don't know if it was during this. Oh wow! Yeah. All right, yeah. I'm fairly sure I read that. Fairly Interesting. Sure I, I will say this is probably the best I've seen Marcus Bagwell through watching these shows because <laughs> he really, really worked his ass off. He was. He really kind of doing the kind of. 
you know, rookie underdog, uh, like young yeah. lion kind of role. That's basically what he is. It is the moment he's like a young lion yeah. in the company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically but, like him getting into it and trying to see if he can knock yeah, and, heads yeah. with the veteran. The sort of theme of the match was Valentine essentially working to get the figure four and in the process of that he damages Bagwell's knee and Bagwell actually sells it so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's really focusing on that. Everything he's doing, he's remembering that the knee's damaged, so it, everything's taking a bit more effort, and some stuff's not as smooth as it can be. And it leads into the finish, obviously, when Valentine does get the figure four. But I think just from a, albeit this was like a seven minute match, it, you got a lot out of it, I feel. Yeah. You know, it's a bit weird putting Valentine over Bagwell. Yeah. But, you I, know, I, a lot, I think a lot of that is WW. Um, <laughs> Because like there's a bit where I think we're um, great ties to like an elbow off the second rope, can't make it, so he walks along the ropes to get close enough to like hit <laughs> yes. him with the elbow, like a kind of rubbish old school from the Undertaker. It was, it's like a discount on an old school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he goes over and wins, which you know I, I don't know if that yeah. led into a bigger feud for Valentine or for Trina or anything. It was just a one and done, but it just seems mm-hmm. you know you're a bit up and coming youngster hits some guy who's basically you know an elder veteran and loses it's a little bit weird a little bit it's strange so we had a whole open around for two kind of social matches so how how do we get the fans back in the building well what we have next is a falls count anywhere on the gulf coast match <laughs> yeah, anyway, yes falls yeah. count anywhere in the gulf coast let me just uh, yes we just highlight some of these points anywhere on the gulf coast they all like they, they, this is on the commentary they can't talk about this a lot they all go anywhere in the building they can go anywhere we don't know where it's going to end up vice president of wcw cowboy bill watts mentioned earlier both men have agreed to these special stipulations remember no count outs obviously the pinfalls count anywhere on the gulf coast no disqualifications no time limit pinfalls count anywhere so our cameraman i'm sure will be following them wherever they go this one is going to be very very wild ladies and gentlemen the following contest of beach class 92 is your special match where pinfalls count it could go anywhere, anywhere in the Gulf Coast, anywhere at yep. all, just to kind of underline it at that point before we start the match. Exactly. This is also quite strange because the World Heavyweight Champion was on the fourth match on the card. <laughs> yeah. Like, not, yeah, a little bit. No, it's not a title match. And the oh. whole thing is he's got to... Is it Sting's just come back from like a storyline injury and he's due to face Vader at the next pay-per-view yes I think he's warming up against Cactus so, Jack Ventura Ventura rather smartly does on commentary suggest why Sting would do that why would Sting would volunteer for a false count anywhere match with Cactus Jack when he knows he's got to defend a title having just come back from injury against Vader next month and it's kind of like JR's kind of had to pull up as kind of sort of oh well he wouldn't run away from this challenge kind of thing, which kind of works as far as Sting goes because he is you know a gallant gallant babyface kind He's of. He's never going to back down. Right, never going to back do down from thing. a challenge. Um, ha- now can I point out how damn brilliant Mick Foley is again? Not- <laughs> he, he is a phenomenal person. Not for the first time on this podcast, I will point out how damn brilliant. Yeah. It's a falls count anywhere match. Mm-hmm. Cactus comes down to the ring first. Mm-hmm. So why would he get in the ring? Exactly. Just wait he in the just middle. Sits in the middle. The referee's going, come on, come on, in the ring, in the ring, in the ring. And it's just the way you like fully well, catch that goes, no, nah. I'm, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> and so he, he and he turns round 
goes onto his knees and kind of does the whole come on then thing and Sting appears at the top of the ramp and you get yeah. this fantastic camera shot of yes. over Cactus's shoulder to Sting in the background and then yep. kind of joining each other before running and knocking lumps out of each other in the eye. I, I do love Sting. He comes out, he's, he acknowledges the crowd and he's laser focused on Cactus Jack. He's taking off his robe but he's just like, all right, fucker, we're going to do this. <laughs> Let's go. The robe yep. comes off, the belt comes off and then like his camera says, they just meet in the middle of the ramp and start going at it. It's absolutely brilliant. I really, really like this match. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the first kind of like, yeah, it's brilliant. Because I say, Sting backdrops on the ramp um, there's a Sting facebuster on the ramp. What else have I got here? Um, Cactus swinging neck breaker onto the concrete floor. Yeah. Um, Cactus with a sunset flip off the apron. That looks like he just his elbow drop before that. You know, his mm-hmm. um, off the apron elbow drop onto Sting. Yeah. And lands on the bare concrete. And I thought I've just written down there like that explains a lot about how McFurley walks now. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got exactly the same. Thing. I've got this is why Foley limps. Yeah, and it's like yeah. there's, a, there's a neck break on the concrete as well, which looks so nasty. Yeah, because yep. it's on bare concrete. It's not fun. Like I think Mick, like back of his head, literally bounced off the concrete. We delivered in that breaker, and it's like, oh come on, oh. just just like the thin kind of school mats or something out there, just to kind of protect. Because no. this is no, your no. world champion, and he's like, you know, dropping head first onto concrete. It doesn't seem that smart. I did like her staying was into this match he clearly was up for it. He clearly oh, totally. was ready to do whatever. Because sometimes you get wrestlers that are not hardcore wrestlers whatever you want to call them they're more comfortable in the ring but in this match Sting showed he can brawl and he can adapt to whatever situation is thrown in front of him and I think having somebody like Mick Foley Cactus Jack as his opponent really really helps because Foley can guide the violence outside of the ring but even in the ring Foley held his own yeah there's a bit I think um, I guess he's shocked at Cactus doing wrestling this is amazing I'll tell you what, here's Cactus in this type of boat, and he's actually wrestling him, Jim Ross. Hooks him with a body scissors. But that's like um, Mick Foley's perennial role, isn't it? It's to kind of bloody the champion as they're kind of going up the card. Mm-hmm. Even even yep. like Mighty 2, like he's still doing this 10 years later, isn't he? Yep, he's still the gatekeeper. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's so of... good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's never sort of the guy to build an entire federation around. But if you want someone to be the guy they usually go through fully on the way yeah it's kind of like in new japan tomohiro ishii when okada's a champion if you want to touch okada you gotta go through ishii and he will beat the living piss out of you <laughs> but if you get past him you get to the boss yeah mm. well, there's, there's a line from jesse we, we do we talk about you know why he's thinking this match i think jim ross mm. says it's because he's showing character He's got character, Jess. He's not going to walk away from any talent. He's crazy. That's what he is, Jim Ross. It ain't character. It's being dumb. It's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point. And then I think yep. just after that, he does a he does like a back body drop. Uh, well, yeah, that that doesn't look like head, fun. Like hits the railings on the concrete. Yeah. The bottom of the railings. He shims shift. Yep. His head hits him. It's like, like oh, that's back. Back looks like by sting to the concrete floor. Cactus yeah. nearly smacks his head off a barrier. Yeah, yeah but, you know, to to protect Cactus's head, he then proceeds to take a number of chair shots. <laughs> I've got the what is a tempted scorpion deathlock, but nothing. And yep. then Sting runs down the aisle for the clothesline and jumps off the second rope, and then hits Cactus with the clothesline for three. There's a pin in the aisle. Yep, yeah, pin in the aisle, and the crowd go bananas. And the crowd go banana. They do love Sting, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like I've always so, thought, you know, obviously though. Back in the day, Sting and the Ultimari used to be in a tag team. Was it the Dingo Warriors or whatever they were called? The 
Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a Dingo Warrior, wasn't he? Well, he was yeah, he was, a, he was a Dingo Warrior on his own, yeah, yeah. but it was the Blade Runners. Together. I always wonder, like, what if... Because I think, you know, they split and then... Sting went to Crockett Promotions and then um, Warrior went to UWA or something like that? Or UWF? Uh, yeah, UWF. Yeah. I always wonder, like, what happened if it changed and, like, Sting became, was picked to be the guy to be born as the Ultimate Warrior? What would have happened then? Mm. Because Ooh. you've got, because obviously the Ultimate Warrior looks great, but his wrestling skills, sorry, Alan, his wrestling skills aren't <laughs> that good. Well. Whereas you've got someone like Sting, he's probably not quite got the same look, but his, like, his wrestling talent is there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So if he had come in, like imagine you know, ultimate, ultimate world, he comes into WWF, and then he's the one in WrestleMania six, you know, as the as the, yeah. uh, the, the new champion. Like, does he does does he become that champion that Hogan that, to replace Hogan? That'd be really interesting to book that. You know, fancy book the whole scenario where Sting is the the warrior, and essentially how you play that out. Because I think it'd be quite interesting. Yeah, because the problem was, was you know, obviously the baton was meant to be passed to the warrior, but he couldn't fill that role or didn't want oh. to because. Was it, how long was he there after WrestleMania 6? Was it the summer slam he was gone? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to say so. No, yeah, the whole, yeah. Did he? He was all the way down. He was, yeah, he was all the way down at 7. Oh, God. Wasn't he? Well, he was 7 and then what? SummerSlam. 91 is when he got sacked. 91, he got fired. Yeah. And he's back for WrestleMania 8, obviously, yeah. 92. But yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Obviously, Vince kind of decides he can't be the champion and goes back to Hogan. Yeah. Um, but imagine, like, yeah, if you could have had Sting in that position... I mean, would he have been a good if he didn't have the kind of matches he had with Ric Flair and that sort of thing? He's a question mark, I suppose. I guess. It's just, yeah, it's just an ultimate world thing. Like, what, what would have been like if he'd been Ultimate Warrior? Like, would he have, obviously, you know, what would it have, would have been, been like? I, always kind of, I often kind of ponder that when I see Sting in his kind of mid-90s WWE stuff. Mm. I mean, you would have, what, so you would have had Sting versus Hogan at WrestleMania 6? Yeah, if you kind of position him as like, you imagine him coming in as the Ultimate Warrior or whatever kind of character instead of, you know, the Jim Helwig Warrior. I just wonder how that could have gone. Yeah. You know, because clearly he had the charisma for it, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But well, then you would have never got the, um, put the plane into a nosedive. That's true. <laughs> that's no, that's true. Really yeah, good you wouldn't have got any of that. You wouldn't have had any of the nonsense that you would spout yeah. in front of the green screen. And also, yep. just to... My one my one real problem with this match, which I kind of alluded to at the beginning, is that in this Four Counts Anywhere's match, they kind of go... They start outside the ring, on the ramp. They go around the ring, in the outside. And they go back onto the ramp. And then it finishes. No, they go into the crowd. Oh, sorry, yeah, they go, they go to the crowd like a little bit and they come back in. But this match where they're saying it could go anywhere on a golf coast. Now it's going to go anywhere in the building. They really sell that, and it doesn't. That kind of for me undercuts it a little bit. Um, I just assumed the golf course was the ramp. That's what I Well, I guess that's the beach. So I suppose. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Um, having spent a little while doing the last couple of pay-per-view projects and now being entirely sick of seeing Al Snow and Hardcore Holly fighting a car <laughs> this, this is fine by me. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, I think whoa. it's just, it's just that kind of WWE thing where they kind of, they, they set it up to be really amazing and then they did it like, that's a bit shit. It just doesn't feel like it goes as far as they say they're going, it's going to go and it kind of under, under, under delivers a little bit. You know what I mean? No. I, I was surprised with the finish because I thought it would go on longer. You know, it seemed a bit short for me. I'm like, oh. 11, 11 and a half minutes. Yeah, you know, I thought... That's I thought, shorter um, than the opener then, isn't it? Yeah. But I suppose, well, knowing what you know match. now, you've, you've got, well, the next match after this is guaranteed to last half an hour. Well, that's true. And Plus then... The not a title match, event. so therefore you don't need to have that length, I suppose. Mm, suppose it's, it's yeah. a tenuous one, but I you know, let's be they, 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 for this match. Why not just kind of carry it over to the next pay per view? 
I guess, yeah. Because it's Clash of Champions the next night, I think they keep talking about. Then the week after that is um, uh, Beach Blast? No, Bash of the Beach, sorry? (laughs) No, 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 Bash of the Beach next year, isn't it? Yeah, Bash at the Beach is 94. Next, the there's ne- a Beach the Blast next, next year. The next pay-per-view is the Great American Bash. That's it, Great oh, American okay. Bash. There we go. And you had Bash in it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But yeah, it um, seems like, why not like give it more space to breathe and kind of, you know... But then do you want them going longer or are they going to be dumping each other's head on concrete so much? Uh, probably not, no. I think I think just a... Bearing in mind you've got a half-hour-long match coming up next and obviously the main event goes half-hour as well. And two more bikini contests, don't forget. Uh, of course, <laughs> I think I think this sort of punchy, well, in all senses of the phrase, punchy, um, <laughs> kind of you know, quick sort of dash brawl is is good. And it's uh, not a title know, match, is it? No, it's not a title match. So it's you know, it not a title, and yeah, you'd probably go longer, and you'd probably have a bit more of an ebb and flow to it. But mm-hmm. I quite like it. it. It's in, it's out, it's done its job. Yep. Fine. I also, this is a, a minor aesthetic thing, I loved the camera shot they used when Cax was coming down to the ring. You had the funeral march playing in the background, and it was just a sort of over-the-shoulder shot of Cactus. I don't know if it was a deliberate thing or just sort of happened. But was it the um, really, Steadicam really footage? Because they've got like, a Steadicam yeah. guy running around, haven't they? Kinda, yeah. so, so the shots look really good when they got that guy. Yeah. There's one camera yeah. kind of kind of keeps going on to the apron and going, no, back a bit, guys. You're going to get slammed in the face with a brush his elbow in a minute. <laughs> This is true, but uh, this was a really, really fun match. I loved it. I thought this match was really, really good. Yeah, certainly, certainly best of the night so far. Well, um, can the uh, next match follow it? Well, it's also another non-title match, oddly enough. <laughs> it seems like it's really weird. It's like it's all built to be like the end of this kind of feud between Rick, Rick Rude and uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, but the mm-hmm. belt's not on the line. <laughs> belt's on the line. And then, like, when Steamboat comes out, he's waving at the crowd. He's got his kid there. Everything's kind of happy and stuff. He's like, hey, let's go. That's what a good, that's, that's, that's a good contest. Mm. How is that, that kind of feel to Ricky when he comes down? But it's like the whole thing is like, like, Rude's broke his nose. He's like been horrible to his kids. Like, you want Steamboat kind of go, like, oh, which one were we watching where, um, it was one of the Hardy Boys where, like, um, they, they won't let Trish come out because the match was going to be too violent. Oh yeah, it was the no mercy the ladder yeah. match. You want that kind of thing too? You want when Ricky kind of goes, take his skin and kind of go, no kid, stay back. So you take out the back. You don't want to be seeing this. So I'm going to rip his face off. Yeah, I thought the whole reason that Ricky was coming out with his son and his son steps in the ring with him is just so Rick Root could give him a slap and get some heat from it. <laughs> this is not this is not Ray Studio and Dominic. <laughs> yeah, I thought that I thought oh he's gonna, he's going to like at least attempt to jump like. Yeah. Steamboat's son, isn't he? Like, and you know, Rick Root's going to beat up like a seven-year-old kid or something. <laughs> I mean, come on though. I, we probably need to also. We see like how good McFoley is, but how good is Rick Root as a heel? He's great. Oh, Rick Root was amazing. You know, telling the crowd to shut up and sit down to look at a real man, all that kind of stuff. It's cheap, I suppose, looking back. But oh, so it's so good. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat. Told you he was talking about you. Beach loving bozos. Keep the noise down while I take my rope off and give you a good look at what a real sexy man is supposed to be like. Hit the music. What, I kind of remember what Saturday morning kids television program Rick Rude was on. In this time in the early nineties, what? And I think it must have been like Sarah Green. It must have been like going, going live. Must have been going live with Sarah Green. Yeah, Absolutely. and 
Sarah Green asked him why he was called Rick Rude because wouldn't he rather be called Rick rather quite nice? Oh my god! <laughs> and it was the kind of like I'm going to try to find, find that. Out. Yeah, I'm oh, looking for it right it now. Amazing! I have this distinct like memory or something like that, and he was like, "Oh, you you should be called Rick, Rick really quite nice." Probably Rick really like, quite nice. There's a T-shirt. You know, <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> the look of death that this presenter was given was amazing. It's his real name, I think. I'm just going to Google it. I think I, it is. I think Rude is his, uh, is his real name. I'm just going to have a look at it. Hence, like, the, con- hence the confused look, I suppose. Felt <laughs> slightly differently, isn't it, or something like that, isn't it? It's probably one of those, yeah. But, um, yeah, for all the criticisms that we've got about the entrances, the minute the bell goes, they are right at it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, can it, you, it's it's like a knee at the stomach by Steamboat and Steamboat works the midsection and then they're straight into actual sort of mass yeah. brawling. Straight after the yeah. sorry, sorry to interrupt. It is his real name, but it's spelled R-O-O-D. O-D, ah, yeah. Right, okay. I, thought, I thought it was a very similar situation to Robert Rude, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. I, was yeah. Just, I still can't, like, you know, who's the guy who got sacked for slapping the reporter in the 80s? Oh, God, I can't remember now. Like, but Rick Rude doing that about to Sarah Green. It's <laughs> Dr. Death, Dave Schultz. Yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah, that, like, he's like, you know, Rick, Sarah Green calls him out, he's like, I can't break character, I've got a slapper. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Sorry, anyways, no. sorry. I always thought, like, with Rick Rude, like, he's like, um, see what's going, like, working his back. And obviously we know, like, his career, like, he kind of, it was a back injury that put him out in the end. Like, mm. his back always looked really fragile, I think because his hips are so thin. <laughs> he's a very strangely put together person when you look yeah. at him so like whenever you kind of see him rested, like, I, like now I'm always thinking like Christ his back like he's going to go any second like it's so like he doesn't look strong enough that kind of makes sense for his upper body well by the fact he's a bit of a beanpole kind of effort yeah. you know? <laughs> he, he seems to go all the way up but then not really out yes <laughs> yeah 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 I know what you mean yeah it does look like he's quite a strong pipe cleaner I also do like how we get we don't just have the typical one fall then a bit of wrestling and then we get a second fall it's literally Rude gets the first fall with a knee and a handful of tights immediately goes and hits Rude's awakening for the second fall yeah I was like what yeah, 2 nil after 9 no, minutes I know but there's nothing for like the first 10 minutes or something isn't no. it it's all um, no, part it's of better, about working his- it's better than nothing for the first fucking hour of a match isn't it like, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just what I was about to say Iron Man matches of a particular kind of mm, for me because obviously it's mm. one of them that put me off wrestling for three and a half years <laughs> but it was um, I, I, I don't like I, I, when it was like 10 minutes like gone I was like oh it's nil nil this is going to be like oh one of them gets a pinfall in the last 30 seconds or something but no and it's it's really tactical it's very very tactical how the amount of pinfalls in this one yeah because like straight after it goes um, 2 nil. Rude goes off the top rope with the knee gets himself disqualified so it's 2-1 but that lets him get a small package, and then it's three one, and it's like, oh, did he like sacrifice that loss to take um, Dreamboat out? To, oh, sorry, Dreamboat, Steamboat out to help him win more, more a uh, bit further on. Yeah, which the competition pick up on quite quick, don't they? They kind of um, they think he goes into like a camel clutch and stuff, and it's like, yeah, like I don't remember seeing that that often in other Iron Man matches that we've seen. It kind of generally it's either lots of pins or it kind of 
it's nothing until the very end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, this this gets a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, and it is it is explained as say when Rickrude comes off the top rope and just automatically gets himself disqualified. Oh. Yeah, he gets himself disqualified, but it does mean he can just get a knee drop into Steamboat to try and injure him. Yeah, for the rest of the match to help him win the rest of the match. I think it's this point um, where Rude the, after he gets the three one, he does try to do his um, like hip swivels of the crowd. And Jesse's like, oh, that was a gutsy attempt at grinding there from Rick Rude, which is a yeah, fabulous yeah. sentence. And Rude trying to do a little bumping and grinding, but his injured ribs won't allow it. What a gutsy attempt, though, huh, Ross? To give every female the thrill of their life here. Rude, hurt ribs and all, tried to bump and grind to the best of his ability. A gutsy oh, attempt at grinding. Uh, yeah, Rude cannot grind because his ribs are knackered. I think the last time, was it Jesse and Rick Rude we watched with the... Um, Muscle contest with the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, he was on I that's Rumble ninety, isn't it? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, we watched that as part of this. Just using the thing kind of talking about the abs. Look at the abs. Yeah, yeah. Not quite to the same level as what Bobby Heenan was for the no. Narcissus like Luca. Oh it's my god. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna review that at one point. It's the most homoerotic thing I've ever seen in my life. It is a bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think from this point now we've we've now got Steamboat in like his kind of natural position, which is being like worked over by a heel. Yes, because like the opening like bit of this match has been him kind of working uh, Rick Rude's ribs over, which didn't feel kind of right. I don't know why, but it didn't for the start of the match. But yeah, it's like Rick Rude's just now working him over, just smashing him to bits. And it's grand. I've got down here a superplex is legal question mark because it's because it, he's from the second rope. Is it though? Is this on the second rope? Does that mean you can get your, your opponent automatically disqualified? Because technically, it's them who's doing all the time. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Steamboat on the second rope. Now it goes up top. Both men up top. What that, do you call here? That's that's a legal move. Suplex off the top. A legal move if both men are on the top. Indeed they were. But what did it take out of Steamboat? I think I'll re- oh, there you go. I've got the notes. It's legal as they were both on the top. But they just, mm, I think that's sure. what Jim Ross says. Because they were both on the top rope. That's yeah. fine. Okay. I guess because you are you're at the same height with your opponent, so you're not getting an advantage. Fair enough, I suppose. All right, we'll let him away with that. Yeah, this is after um, I think Steamboat um, reverses a tombstone and gets uh, was it three two? Yeah, yeah. And then we get uh, Steamboat reverses Rude's tombstone and does it his own. So yeah. he gets a. I would like two. to know that the score is three two, and we're just over the halfway point. It, there's none of this one 0 Then all of a sudden, the last like eight seconds, it goes to one one, then two one. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of working out. Yeah, because then Steamboat bridges out of a pin into a backslide. That's three three. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like loads of pin attempts on Rick Rude. And then and then I think somebody was watching WrestleMania eight. <laughs> okay, uh, he's in the sleeper, isn't he? But then, yeah, kicks back out of it. Four three. Oh, there's a good bit early before that where I think Rick Rude's like bouncing Steamboat off the ring. And he's just shouting at him, "You are not the Iron Man." We've got Steamboat falls backwards, pins Rude. So that's with four, two minutes three. after the clock at that point, but it's four three. Yeah, I yeah. love this finish. I thought this finish was fantastic. Oh, you know, the rest just rated. I thought that was yeah. Rude is going crazy at this just point, just trying nuts. to get anything. I think like, but, he basically does every single pinning combination you can think of. Yeah, but then it's it's like the the fact that he leapt off the top rope to do the knee drop comes back to kick him in the arse. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing that gets me about this ending. Not only is it a brilliant ending because he's desperate trying to find a pinfall, but it's like if he hadn't have done that, it would have been 3-3. Exactly. Yeah. You could have still got it. Another point, yeah. 
Um, I don't know if these had another match in WCW. Are you aware of them having another match in WCW? Or? Not to my knowledge. No, well, I think it maybe needed to be this Iron Man stipulation because the pair of them did a match at Royal Rumble 88 and I think they got about 18 minutes or something. Hmm. And it was, it's pretty tough watch. It's just very boring, like submission holds and, and bear hugs and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, know, right. Quite a hard right. slog. This seemed to be much more entertaining than that particular match. So I thought this was very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was good. I liked this. Steamboat at the end's like, you know, selling it so well. I think even like the refs having to hold him up at the end of the match because he's oh, so worn both- out. They both look absolutely knackered at yeah. the end of this. <laughs> Rightly so. They both look absolutely jiggered by the yeah. end of it. And I think they say at the end, like, this this surely makes Steamboat the number one contender for Rick Reed's belt. And it's like, what? I, I fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, you mean Iron Man match to be your number one contender. Surely that's the blow-up to the, to that, the feud. That, that's some 2020 WWE booking right there. Yeah. He's, he's the number one contender for the non-title match. That's what he is. Uh, dear. So you go from this collection of fantastic wrestling to Johnny B. Vlad and the ladies. Beauty <laughs> contest part two. Um, uh, I've got oh god. <laughs> now I stupidly assumed this would be uh, like some other competitors. I didn't realise it was just no, just those two. Yeah, uh, there you go. I didn't get the, I didn't get the gist of this contest. Obviously, well. it's to be the who's going to be Miss WCW. Mm. I can only assume they only had two women working for them at the time. Sherry wasn't there yet, was she? Probably, no. No, sensational Sherry wasn't there yet. What's the one that was with Ric Flair? That was probably more of the mid-80s. Was it called, just called Woman? Woman, yes. Yes. That was, um, that's Nancy Benoit, was it not? Yes. Yeah. Was she woman. might be around, I don't know. But yeah, that's, they're, they're probably the two main ones. Yeah. Also, um, uh, I, I realised that the Great American Bash that year was on my birthday. How nice was that? Oh, I didn't oh, watch it, mind, but you know. Well, what can you do? So, our semi-main event of the evening is a six-man tag. Yep. Yeah, uh, Robert got... Eaton, Arn Anderson, and Stone Cold. Well, sorry, Stunning Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, this is Nikita Koloff, Barry Windham, and the Natural Dustin Rhodes with special guest reference. Sorry. Senior referee Ole Anderson. Yeah, which was weird as hell. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, isn't his brother in there? That doesn't seem right. But I think they sell it, don't they? Kind of go, oh, look, he, like he's such a good referee. Well, even that family getting the we get in the way of it. No, well, yeah, there's a bit of that going on. So you can tell they've obviously thought of that bit. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit at the start where Nikita throws Arn Anderson over the top rope, but apparently it's fine <laughs> because yeah. contact was inside the ring. It's uh, this is so stupid. <laughs> Dangerously is furious outside the ring. Dangerously wants the call, and only Anderson's not going to give it to him. Well, the rule states it's a disqualification when you throw your opponent over the top rope. Key word there is throw or propel. Contact was made inside the ring, and momentum took him over. That's getting pretty chintzy, Ross. He propelled him over with the with the clothesline. That's what repelled him. What do you think? He jumped over on his own? Like a judgment call in football. No, the impact got him, but he didn't lift him and push him over the top rope. It's like interference, Jess. 
this is a bit as well. I think they kind of Jim Ross is talking about how like sport uh, sport wrestlers, sorry, sport writers, like don't understand about you know criticizing the top rope rule. Some sports writers have criticized the rule. They just don't know the. They just don't understand. Yeah, no, because I think Arn goes up to the top, and then nobody has to kind of calm him down and go, "No, you're going to get disqualified." And Jim Ross, like, you know, they just don't understand our sport. It's like, nah, mate, it's just, I don't think, you know, Bill Watt understands where things are going. <laughs> no. Like, it's early. not the mid 80s anymore. No, not really. As much as we all want it to be the mid 80s, it's not the mid 80s and things are kind of, you know, they're shifting. Yeah, exactly. Because it was like, you know, when, when was the last show, 985, the one we did, um, Wrestling Classic with is that, that my kid does a superplex off the top rope and, you know, they're still talking about it like six matches. Mm. later and like this is like seven years later like that should be top rope should just be like where it is but nah yeah no so no, instead no. of that we get a bear hug exactly um, during the match as well JR keeps us update with the voting for the bikini contest by giving us some absolute nonsense that the voting is 51-49 yeah, yeah that's so what we really want to think about please get your $2.50 phone calls in now guys to change <laughs> yeah. that if you want to yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind um, yeah this this is a bit of a I want to say a filler match it's not it is a, it is a filler really. it's not it's a yeah, I wasn't too keen on it either some more bits mm-hmm. yeah, there's one point where uh, Mar Madison uses Bobby Eaton as a weapon to knock down Dustin Rhodes <laughs> that was funny I like that that was yeah. good yeah Heyman's brilliant in this match as he always is yeah. yeah he's like at one point they kind of switch, they switch to plan B and he kind of like plan B plan B yeah, kind of working that manager role really well but it's suitable you can see also in this match where Austin gets like you know how Austin was starting to form that kind of like style that would be his main draw yeah because yeah, he's, well, he's he's what two years away from being fired by WWE isn't it WCW? yeah 94 he sort of got sacked by WCW didn't yeah. he and the last pay-per-view he was in like he was like you know bleeding all over, over the place like a stuck pig like two minutes into the Wrestle War wasn't he to um, oh, yeah, yeah, War yeah, Games because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that, what you do but, in the War Games well it's because War Games is brilliant <laughs> yeah. yeah and then we get uh, we don't are we done with this match oh just to finish I think Arn comes off top rope because you know he just loves it because a terrible finish an because <laughs> all the people <laughs> in the ring who like you know who are, no, no, are notorious from the top rope Arn Anderson is not the person I think who <laughs> comes from the top well, rope just pause for one second you see when I saw it I thought here we go because Ollie Anderson's gonna gonna side with Arn and he's yeah. gonna turn a blind eye he's gonna mm. turn a blind eye to this move and nope. the heels are gonna win <laughs> But no, no, he just disqualifies him and that, that, that's that, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a very... I'm going to say it was a fake finish. Yeah. It's it like, wasn't the greatest. It doesn't really feel like it's going to go anywhere else either, though. Like, it's just a kind of... No, it's just, just to get six people on the card. Yeah. I think it's just there for to everyone to come. I mean, you've had Sting, Cactus Jack, and then you've had Ricky Steamboat and Rick Rude for half an hour. It's probably that's just, true. And w- when you think about it, this is the match that goes on between two half-hour long matches. Yeah. Mm. This so is your, your bathroom break concession stand visit. Yeah, match. it's just going to be, you know, whatever. Whatever. So, Eric Bischoff is then interviewing the victorious Ricky Steamboat, who's going on about how it was great to beat Rude. He's ready for the US title shot. But then Polly shows up to say, you know, Rick Rude's best never- friend. Rick's best friend saying that he'll never get a shot when Rude's the champion and then Cactus Jack shows up and we get a pull apart <laughs> I know it just, just grabs Ricky from behind doesn't he just grabs his legs yeah. and boom they're off yeah and I'm and like it. I'm like where can I buy this match yeah it's like can I watch that instead of the third part of the bikini contest 
<laughs> can we just turn that into a match? Well, yeah, can it just be an impromptu match? Like, you know, do ECW style. Because Jesse's run off commentary and Eastwood's going to be bad. Sorry, Cowboy's going to be bad. Oh, God. Doing the most awkward commentary because it's the Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny bikini part of the contest. Well, let me tell you something now, Johnny B. Dad. I come back here because, as I understand it, we're down to the finals. We're down to the Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny. And God, please. Can we just skip over this? Uh, Missy Hyatt wins, I think. Yeah, Missy Hyatt wins. The less said about this, the better. There's all kinds Pretty of sexual assault goes on. It's, it's bad. Well, I, I might need some help here. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, basically, basically, he seems to. Does he take Medusa into a little tent thing? Yes. And then, yeah. And then he comes out with is it a thong? With a bikini. That was just yeah. right, right. And then, yeah. and then, Jesse Ventura says, "Was it really as the first lady of wrestling?" Yeah. What What do you mean? I don't even get what <laughs> because, because she's so naked. I don't know. It's just. Uh, but the main thing is, like, we don't get her any kind of closure because the results tomorrow. Exactly. It's it's a classic. WCW going hey you've paid for this show to get the finale but you need to watch the TV to yeah. find out the actual finish it's like fuck you yeah and isn't it like I love this bit because they're talking about like the, the phone call and stuff and it's like a big wide shot of the arena <clears throat> and then as it's happening you, I'm pretty sure you see Jesse run down the, the uh, side of the ramp back to his seat probably I and then also you see Dr. Death and Terry Gordy out on the edge of the ramp waiting to walk down it <laughs> just stood yeah. there just stood I think there missed the, I think they've missed the timing but the lights are on them and all sorts. And it's like, then we cut to like, you know, uh, is it Tony and Eric? Tony and Eric are the, are the sort of the ring for a bit. Yeah. And, you know, you've got the Miracle Violence Connection just stood there in front of the crowd just doing nothing for about five minutes until they can, they can actually go to the ring. Yeah. So once they clean up the mess of this, we get to the main event of the show. An interesting tag team main event of the show for the WCW World Championship. Sorry, tag team championship. Yeah. Are, are you sure it wasn't a non-title match? It, this was a title match, Al. This are was you, for the belt. Was a, this, those belts <laughs> were on the line. Belts were on the line. Yeah. So uh, this match was extremely highly anticipated because these two teams were, at this, this moment in time, the best in the world, I think. And obviously the American Violence Connection, their links to Japan are well known, and obviously the Steiner Brothers are been sort of getting more heat in WCW, and this was basically four big men beating the living piss out of each other. Because they were builders coming from uh, uh, Tokyo, aren't they? Is it uh, Nagoya or somewhere? That's where their builders coming from, the, the Doc Death and uh, Gordy? Yes, they are. Yeah, the builders like hailing from Nagoya, Japan, which is interesting. <laughs> Even if they're not called the Miracle Violence <laughs> Connection, they're always going to be referred to that because that is one of the greatest wrestling tag team names ever. Correct. Yeah, I think my first. Note I'm not is sure what the miracle part is though. Because it's so violent. It's, it's 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 a Japanese tag team. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah. I suppose. And I've written down here. Um, my first note on this match is this will be stiff. Yes. Yep. Well, it wasn't to be. It wasn't expecting. It was to be put off so much by the ref shirt. <laughs> 
it's like I was watching it with Ethan. And I was like, is is his shirt really sweaty or is it kind of like velvet? I could be better both, I suppose. I think it's I like I don't remember the ref shirt because his art, like his the the sleeves of the shirt are really kind of bright blue, but the middle shirt is really dark blue. Like he's really sweaty. But I think it's it's, it's very quickly I realised it's velvet, and then I was fine. I was past it, and I was into the match. So it was fine. <laughs> I didn't need to see that initially. That's the problem was, mm. but it's like there. They slap the crap out of each other in this match, don't they? They do. It's it's great because there's a good portion of this match where no team has the upper hand. It's all very even, and as Phil says, they are just they're not they're not holding back. They're yeah. they are beating the living hell of each other. There's a painful suplex. It's like a big belly to belly to Doctor Death when Rick Steiner looks nasty. Yeah, big side suplex by Gordy. I think on Rick Steiner that looks so off. Yeah, they work over Scott's leg. Yeah, and Scott Steiner in particular is just. He's great in this match. It's weird, like, like to see what he turned into. <laughs> well, yeah. We talked about earlier, didn't we? Like, the kind of thing, like, you know, his his Pokemon evolution was very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, this was, because, like, is it, like, the next year they, they were in WWE, which is where I remember them more from, you know, from that kind of area of the Steiner Brothers. Mm. But like, things like, you know, the Frankenstein, that kind of stuff that he was putting off with his size was just, just crazy. Like, he's, you know, as jacked as he is, kind of working that cruiserweight style a bit more. Yeah, he was definitely working a more high sort of intensity style rather yeah. than the sort of more safe and sedate style. But it's it's very clear. It's quite interesting to me that I thought maybe this wouldn't work because obviously Gordon and Williams have been working in Japan. They're used to a Japanese style match where the mm. Steiners are very much American, but they click really well. Yeah, oh, it's he- a properly titanic tussle of a contest. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, both teams seem to put, you know, a hell of a lot of effort into yeah. it. Although I think it takes yeah. you about a good 15 minutes before Jim Ross says, Dr. Death's making a house call. It's like, come on, that's that should be out in the first two minutes of the match. That's an <laughs> obvious much. line. That's an obvious line. We also get Ventura with, they nicknamed him Dr. Death in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But yeah, it's just like, lots of big bugs. Although there's, I think at some point there's, um, I think Rick Steiner hits, I think it's Dr. Death. I think Jim Ross calls it like a modified power slam. Oh, like yeah. He kind of like lets go of him halfway through. Yeah, I'm not sure what this was meant to be. There's a couple of bits like that. I think there's a bit earlier on where Rick tries to hit Dr. Death with an arm drag and just kind of, I don't know if he just kind of slips because like Doc's just stood there. I <laughs> See, I think that was just a blown spot. I think Dr. Death wasn't yeah. ready for that. I mean, I mean, they I sell it as like, oh, you know, Doc Dolstrick because that's how smart he is. But like yeah. Rick, Rick probably throws himself to the floor and it's like, Where's the person? There should be a person in front of me. Where are they? Yeah. And he looks up. It's like, oh no, there he is. I'll just get. I'll just boot him in the face. Boom, off they go. Again. There, there is an absolutely brutal set of bomb by Williams at one point. That looked sweet. Then that did, wasn't it? It was like a gut wrench. Yeah, gut wrench into a set of powerbomb. Doctor bomb, isn't it? Doctor yes, Doctor bomb. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just wonderfully done, and this kind of leads into the sort of almost finish where again, Doctor Death puts Rick into the turnbuckle but then he just gets the living piss <laughs> destroyed out from the Steiner lane yeah it's like just, he bounces out and just, just wham isn't it he just, just takes his head off oof. I think it kind of this point is where it kind of stopped the time call start ticking up and that starts getting the pressure mm-hmm. onto the end of the match which I, I, I initially like when they're kind of doing it through the early matches, you know, it kind of ticks in, you know, there are 10 minutes remaining or there's quarter of an hour. Yeah. Like, oh, why, why, why are we doing this? Why do we time course? But then when it gets to the end of the match, it makes perfect sense. I, I, I hate when you're getting time calls at like five minutes into a match or 10 minutes, or like 20 minutes yeah. into a match, because if you know how, what the time limit is and if you, by the time they're calling it 20 minutes, I'm like, is this going to go the full limit? Yeah. Yeah. But, 
in this case, like you say, they wait until near the end, and by that point, you've, you're engrossed in the match, and you're like, oh, there's only like five minutes left? Oh, yeah. shit. And they start doing maybe mid and he's like, five minutes left, four minutes left. Mm-hmm. It's like, you really kind of feel the pace of the match pick up with it. It's, it worked really well towards the finish. Yeah. The crowd's going ape shit at this point. They're going absolutely mad. Yeah. Uh, Scott slams both opponents. He has a butterfly suplex, but then, as I wrote down, like an absolute idiot, he stops to taunt at the crowd, and then the bell goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. dude, no, why? Gives the signal, the signal for it, and then it's like, well, no, just, just, just get on with it. Get on just with it, pal. Hit, just, just hit the move. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to taunt. It's like you know how long's left. What are you doing? <laughs> But that didn't that didn't take away from the match at all, though. No, no, no. I think no, no, no. it felt like the right finish because like mm-hmm. this was like the I think they kind of say that there's like a tournament for the NWA tag belts. Yeah, which the, the these two teams are in that are in that tournament, even though they're in the same bracket, which seems to have to me. Like you kind of want their first contest to be like you don't want a bad finish, but you want it to kind of finish square, which a tiny limit draw, you know, kind of gets sidestep to all that because both of them are kind of you know and all the kind of big moves it's a great bit earlier I think where I think it's a I'm not sure who does it but I think it's Doc hits Rick Stein with like a European uppercut oh yeah and yeah, Rick yeah, just yeah. turns around and sinks to his knees after it because he's got his head slammed off his shoulders <laughs> yeah it's there's all kind of great bits like you've got these kind of two these two teams just smacking chunks out of each other you kind of think yeah let, let that be a draw and let's have like two more two or three more of these yeah like right now yeah <laughs> it's just it's it's just it's a very it's an unusual match for our main event because well, the fact is that even uh, even for WCW putting tag teams in the main event I mean that's still mm-hmm. like how often does that happen I, I don't know it, it was some kind of anomaly I'm not sure but I think as a main event of this particular show I don't think there could have been any other match here could you imagine putting this match on in the mid plate like replace the Cactus Jack Sting match or put Cactus Sting match. at the end yeah it wouldn't I work think- do you don't need to do that if there's going to be like a big title change or something on there. Exactly. Like, or yeah. Something, you know, although Sting winning and being like, you know, that being your kind of end, end shot, like Sting holding the belt up, it's still being champion. But there, <sighs> wasn't, there wasn't a title match, was it? I still, if that match would have to be a title match to be at the end exactly. of the show, I think. Yeah. Speaking Which, of end shots, I've got down here that the, the, the pay-per-view doesn't end particularly well because it's just basically <laughs> Shivani and Bischoff just talking. Talking and Joe and Jesse kind of talking a bit more. I'm yeah. not sure if they either were running out of satellite time, didn't know how much satellite time they had left, or hadn't actually known what to do they were going to say for this ending. But no, it's a little bit strange. We get a great wide shot of the arena with like empty seats, just the pyros going off. Oh, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> well done, boys. In a, in a kind of um, Dougal in that episode of Father Ted, I've got my final note on my final page. Here is how did Ventura see anything in that tent with sunglasses on? <laughs> <laughs> Just funny thought about it. Like, wait a second. There, wait a my, second. There's my those women were in the nip moment. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thanks. Cheers. No problem. <laughs> I'm proud of you for that one. Nice. I'm, I'm, he- I'm here all week. So right. that is Beach Blast 1992. Now, here's the first question. The three of you, did I achieve my goal of finding a good WCW pay-per-view? I reckon so. I, I mean, apart from the bikini, take that out of it. I enjoyed this. Yeah. Al? Yeah, yeah. That was okay, yeah. I did, oh. Not all the matches. Sorry, you're going to argue. The main event for me, I didn't like... I thought I could tell 
within about five minutes of the match they were going for a 30 minute draw that's fair I mean that, that, that's um, opinion that's fair there was a lot to me I think there was too many rest holds and stuff in it I think if they'd I think if they'd done a proper match like maybe went for 20 minutes cut out a lot of them rest holds I think it could have been very very good you know what I mean okay that's fair mm. that's a fair question but I think mm. the fact they went for the it was a very WCW thing, 90s. Well, yeah. Time limit draws. We're bloody obsessed with time limit draws. I don't know why. <laughs> um, it, does, it does protect the two guys, doesn't it? You know, you, yeah. they, you get yeah, the kind of... No one loses. They both go 30 minutes, so they're, they're tough well, for last as long as they did, but... Why half the match? All, all, all four of them go up a turnbuckle each and just jump into the ring. There you go. That's the finish all at the same time. That's, <laughs> there you go. The ring explodes in a massive pile of muscle. <laughs> Now, if this was FMW in Japan, it would have exploded. <laughs> that's that's how you finish a, a pay per view. The ring explodes. That's how you do it. <laughs> oh God! So that is Beach Blast nineteen ninety two. I submit this to the jury. So, where is this going to go on the grand list? Well, I'm, oh. checking, I'm checking the list. I got I got uh-huh. my numbers wrong earlier. The Wrestle War ninety two was the thirteenth best pay per view. I was going to say I thought it was higher. Yeah, I and definitely think is, it's better than that. That is currently the highest WCW pay-per-view. Now, the next so, one up is King of the Ring 93. Oh. oh. I'm going to have to let you guys, because WWE's always got a soft spot, you know. No, that's it. You know, so you, I, still get, you still can fight this out. That's mm. got Bret Hart and Perfect in it, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's and also it's got, got Mr. Hughes in it, but anyway. That, that, that doesn't help its case very much. It's not helping, is it? Above that is Survivor Series 95. Mm. Uh, well, um, it's I not it's, getting into the top I 10, is it? I enjoyed it more than Survivor Series 95. Yeah, I agree. Now, this is unprecedented. The next one, if it's going to crack the top 10, where are Rumble 2000? Oh. Well, the ball oh. had the contests. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, at least WCW doesn't involve an old woman. That's true. But I think I think this one had the superior cactus track match. The Rumble? Rumble 2000, yeah. That had your oh, Triple yeah, H yeah, cactus yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so do we say 11? number 11? I would say 11. I think that's so fair. Almost, almost cracking the top 10, but a WCW match as a show has actually made it further up the list than the bottom two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is decent WCW out there. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> you did it. Well, we're done. nearly in the top ten. That's 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 a, an impressive turn of form by that show. I'll take that as a win. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's good. <laughs> so I believe. Uh, what is next time? I'm trying to remember. Is next it round time, table time? It's a round table time. Ooh, round table. <sighs> Yes, and I believe the theme is going to be things in wrestling that you enjoy that other people don't necessarily enjoy. And vice versa. And exactly. vice versa, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, I think that's what we decided on. Things was, that you yeah. love that people hate, the things that you hate that people love. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, struggling to think of anyone that I like and no one else does. But I can think of plenty <laughs> of other people. of the people, uh, Cameron. Funny enough, I can think of plenty. Um, oh, yeah, this is going to be the Al show. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I don't like all these modern things. <laughs> but I love the bushwhackers. <laughs> yeah. That everybody else hates. There you oh, go. Phil, Phil hates. I don't hate the bush. Listen, there's photos of me out there wearing a bushwhackers t-shirt when I was a kid. 
you know. Well, you, know you were purely you were purely like foreseeing the fact that they are the greatest tag exactly. team in the history of mankind. I'll, you know, I'm not saying I didn't walk around doing the bushwhacker dance, you know, bushwhacker arms in the air. I'm oh, you saying, did. Everybody's Don't done lie. that. I'm not, I'm not denying that at all. I'm not denying it. We all did it. You know, it was a different time. Yeah. You know, th- uh, things that were you know uh, allowed then wouldn't be allowed now. You That's know? quite an apropos statement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. Considering the weekend wrestling side, but you know, they're they're not. They're not the greatest tag team ever. <laughs> they're not. Well, they're just I not. Think, I think. I think you find we voted the word. Yeah, well, they are. I don't care. They, I don't they care. Legally this stand is, you know, as the greatest tag team in the world ever seen. People voted for Donald Trump. You know, people oh. just because it was voted for doesn't make it right. Can you imagine though? This 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 main event tonight would have been far superior had it been a triple threat match <laughs> between the Miracle Violence Connection, the Steiner Brothers, and the Bushwhackers. See how I picture this going? It's like they they just come in and like they just get bad out of the ring for like five minutes. They come in and they get bad out of the ring again. And that just repeats that match just, until they hit Gordy with the uh, flipping Bushwhacker thing and win. Minutes or so, yeah. Just on the floor. Oh, here comes Luke. Oh, he's gone again. He's gone again. Yep. Oh, no, he comes Butch. Uh, yeah, he's gone. Uh, there's Butch. He just gets Steiner lined off his shoes. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally just a pair of boots in one corner where he's been sidelined on them. Spinning 720, 720 degrees in the air before landing. <laughs> then he lands and they're just smoking. <laughs> yeah. He lands still doing the bushwhacker walk and just goes to the back. <laughs> like in the rumble yeah. like he doesn't even break his stride does he he goes in the ring oh, top rope still doing the walk out oh, God. can you imagine that you just see, oh yeah they, they try and do the battering ram to like Terry Gordy but Terry Gordy just like pushes Luke and then just, just DDTs <laughs> over them at the same time <laughs> grabs yeah. him folds him up into a duffel bag and just throws oh. him down the ramp yeah that'd be amazing Oh, can you imagine that? That'd be incredible. <laughs> oh, so in that way, they're the greatest tag team in the world. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they, they, they would they would have made that match ten times better. But I see them get battered by folk who are superior wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Oh Christ! Oh, yeah, that we, can't, we can't but dream. But the thing is, though, isn't it? Um, that that promo when Brody Piper smashes that beer bottle over his head, isn't it? Because he's going to fight the Bushwhackers. Yes, yes. It's like yes. he has to prove himself that tough because they were that they were that kind of nasty team, weren't they? When they before they came to yeah so, to so New York, so it was just the bleeding Saturday afternoon television. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Because they're so mean, I have to smash over the beer bottle to get ready for it. Yeah, because <laughs> he's unchained and insane. Well, <laughs> that was that was partly true. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear, oh dear. Ah, oh, man. There we go. So wrestling. I, Wrestling's um, a thing. We can't talk about it. <laughs> I've already cut loads of this podcast out. We can't talk about. We can't okay. really have fun. No, nope. <laughs> no. This is this is the reason why we can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. We can't have wrestling. No. I got a new laptop though. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. It was good. First one I think I've recorded for a while where like it's not been attacked in the corner, but like the the fans going like a jet engine. Well, I thought you got your new computer now. Cut it into my recording all the time. Yeah, don't get that anymore. Yeah, I was the new computer. It's nice. It's shiny. Ooh, shiny. Yes, I like shiny things. Because it's new, um, I, I put stickers on it. Because I know I had loads of stickers. I never put the other one, thinking oh, I'm going to replace it. So I will not put any stickers on it. So now this one's got loads of stickers on it already. So I need more good. stickers. 
You just put like more stickers than laptop. That's the goal. Yeah, stickers and laptops, and I'm happy. There you go. I'm just really glad you guys enjoyed this show. Yeah, it yeah, good. it was good. It was a good pick. I like this. I see. I got. I, I got a funny feeling. I think I'd seen. I didn't remember much about it, but I had a funny feeling. As soon as when it got to the first sort of few minutes, I was like, I've seen this before. Yeah. yeah. I didn't remember any. You know details apart from I remember Jesse Ventura and his women walking in at the start <laughs> and that was it but um, but yeah they, it, it was yeah cheers for picking it it was really good there is good WCW out there you just have to look really 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 <laughs> really really hard find a, so we've got a round table coming up next and do we know whose pick it is after that uh, um, it is Al's pick oh lord well you picked like one ago I know, but it's, we're, uh, we're into alphabetical order after that, after the uh, confusion of the last time. Yeah, so you, you're our first. You have the next pick, Al. Oh, okay. Um, I'll have some thought about it. Yes, please do. Uh, but, but, mm-hmm. I may choose another WCW one. Ooh. I'm sorry. That's don't fine. Don't get up to that much. I don't think it's, I don't think, it's a terrible show, but I don't think it's a good show. That's right. <laughs> we'll find, we'll got, find some good in it. It's got kind of a weird gimmick to it, which I've read about and never watched fully. So oh, that might, Lord. That might be what we're going to do. WCW weird gimmicks, okay. That could See, be... I'm not giving anything away. It's so either going to be Robocop or it's going to be on the back of a truck or it's going to be the flipping... <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Electric no, chair match or it's going to be the scaffold Robo- match. Robocop. He's oh. gonna pick a hog wild, isn't he? Or a road wild, whatever it was. Oh no, that's that's that was that's no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's have Harlem Heat wrestling in front of lots of bikers. Yeah, that, that was. A yeah, that would go down a treat, won't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it could be that, or it could be Capital Combat Return of Robocop. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> the Robocop walking down like a bushwhacker. Well, it kind of does, in a way. Tell him, tell him, Luke, it's the future of law enforcement, Butch. <laughs> Swing your arms, cousin Luke. <laughs> oh, it's cousin Murphy. Fun fact: <laughs> this this segment, the Robocop segment, is the reason why the WrestleCrap website exists. I'm not surprised. It's just. Amazing. <laughs> Bushwacker well, well, Murphy. For Christmas, a couple, of, a couple of years ago for Christmas, I got the History of Robocop book. Oh. <laughs> All the making of the films and everything like that. I got that. That's good, isn't it? And there is indeed a little paragraph dedicated oh. to his WCW um, appearance. Oh. Amazing. <laughs> what a dude. Oh, Bushwacker Murphy, I cannot get that out of my head now. <laughs> yeah, it'd be brilliant uh, imagine the wa- be imagine the, the Bushwhackers um, wandering around like the classified fourth directive on it <laughs> <laughs> director four Bushwhackers are the greatest tag team in the world <laughs> take the innocent how would, how would Robocop lick the children's heads though <laughs> robotically yeah. I guess he get the drill and take his helmet off like <laughs> <laughs> Hell <it> off. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Must it be oh easy? Oh my god. 
So I'm just imagining Robocop coming out with the Bushwhackers music playing in the background. As, uh, I'm, I'm picturing him like he's wearing a vest. He's got the combat trousers <laughs> over the top of the armor. Oh, God. <laughs> he's like, you know, go down to the ring. So he's Rick the model with Martell. It's like, your move, creep. <laughs> Rick tries to spray him with arrogance, but he can't because he's a robot. It doesn't work. No, I mean, it makes some rust. <laughs> Oh, it would be um, like Duke the Drums of Drosy would beat him because he's like chuck him in the back of the bim truck and crush him in it. <laughs> That's how he'd win. Because <laughs> thinking about it, there wasn't like a mechanic gimmick, was there? No. Sparky plugs are closest to it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, probably. You've got hockey player, you've got accountant, correctional officer. That'd be his tag team partner, wouldn't it? Be Big Boss Man. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Boss Man and Robocop. In yeah, a of course. The big Boss Cop. True. Would <laughs> that not go. be like? Oh, but they did. They, they, like they'd have a split later on because Boss Man would be worried that you know Robocop was going to seal his job <laughs> and replace him, and that's what it would be. It would be so Boss Man would be trying to like defeat the technology that would rob him of his livelihood. Also, Robocop can't do the flippy thing with him, like with the. Uh, nightstick, can he? With his hands, his big robot hands. He just have a nice, he'd have a nightstick that just comes out of his forearm. I was <laughs> like, it just, it just comes out of his forearm. It's like a whisk. It just sort of twirls around. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Now Robocop's coming out dressed like a big boss man to the boss man's music. <laughs> what, what the, the Cobb County no, Jordan? No, the heel turn is Robocop sides with the Mountie. Oh my god! And he comes up with the Mounties hat. So he's one. I've got four years of this booked out now. This is oh, amazing. Oh. <laughs> do, do you remember what the bad guy was called at Robocop Two? I can't. Was it Kane? Kane, there you go. You see, it books itself. You see, Kane, of course, <laughs> of course. So we've gone from fantasy booking Sting as the Ultimate Warrior in WWE to fantasy booking Robocop. <laughs> And they have like if well, it's, for Kane is the first blood match, but for Robocop is the first oil match. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. It's just like this is like a shitty like fan like thing you'd find in like Kickstarter. Robocop singing on the bounty. Come on. <laughs> what? Oh my god! That'll be the heel turn. He's side with the bounty. They become like the Quebecers. <laughs> Oh, you, could, you could like he'll turn on America and side up with the yeah. So yeah, he has the Canadian flag spray painted on his chest, like NWO style. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know where I'm going to put this in the show. This kind of rampant booking. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good to, to cut out. This this is amazing. <laughs> if you're still listening to this by this point, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. Macho King, Alex Murphy. <laughs> no, that's in, instead of like the, the guys carrying um, the Macho King out on his throne, it's just Robocop carrying on one arm. <laughs> just holding him up on one arm because he's that strong. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> just be, just, oh Christ. I just... <laughs> At some point you could have the Million Dollar Man buys him and reprograms him. Ooh. As yeah. a new yeah. Virgil. Oh, so now he's dressed like Virgil. What if Robocop is Virgil? Nah, that's too much. I'm just no. Oh, that's too, too much. Okay, that's, I'm yeah, sorry. That's too far. That's they too can far. Program him with Directive Five. 
You know, like he he can't he can't um he can't pin jobbers. That would be that would be a fantastic. Directive five. Everybody has a price. There he is with Dwayne Gill, and he he's like Kamala. You know, he couldn't work out to pin him. He's, you know, he's directly the Wait, is Kim Chi now Robocop's manager? Yeah, we'll throw him in the egg and be the guy who made him. Um, you know, huh? I, I think Harvey Whippleman. Harvey Whippleman made him because <laughs> Justice right, right, Harvey Whippleman. That's what I want. <laughs> Where do, so we can do with Adam Bomb and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the radiation breaks his electrics. It's like Superman 4 it'll work guys trust me it'll work we'll get to two pay-per-views for this oh god can we book all this in Fire Pro Wrestling do you think like a Robocop yeah character. totally you totally can book sure anything I, you want in Fire Pro is there a Fire Pro is there a Robocop for a Fire Pro we'll, check. we'll find we'll out call. we'll find fire. out anyway oh, yeah, yeah, great podcast boys Fire Pro <laughs> yeah great, great podcast especially the fantasy booking at the end <laughs> which would be like an entire match of it's like <laughs> I guess take um, it out and put it into like its own primetime wrestling show or something. I was going to say, this should be a primetime wrestling fantasy booking with just like absolute nonsense. Robocop. Well, obviously, we, we move from WWE to WWF via the Bushwhackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Splits and joins Big Boss Man as the natural, you know, crime prevention officers. I'll write all this down, Pat. Don't worry about it. It's done. I'll write this down. <laughs> this is going to be incredible. Uh, it's, it's such quite a good primetime, like, segment fantasy <laughs> yeah. breaking but it's just like absolute nonsense we haven't done any prime times in yonks you know no, it's, just, it's just the time to do it yeah, yeah. oh boy anyways oh, I'm, good I'm, meeting I'm, indeed I'm reading through this pay-per-view I want to do uh-huh oh my ears are gonna love it <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't wait no, don't there tell is, us the next show then no, don't tell us the next I show won't yes. go, I will tell you there is over over 12 matches Oh, oh my god I can't wait to hear what it is if there's one thing that's like a stamp of quality on a wrestling show it's more than 12 matches well, 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 yeah another stamp of quality there's people who wrestle in it who don't have a Wikipedia page awesome <laughs> what's up what, wrestling classic that would be our record of number of matches on a card wouldn't it yes because surely mean, that's um, got the most got to have the most because it's like 16 guys isn't it yeah, WrestleMania 8 had a lot, though, didn't it? Mm, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll research and find out if like, it's a correlation between the number of matches and how far, how good it is. Oh, Probably yeah. not. Yeah. This is a, this is an interesting mixture, actually. Of, oh. uh, yeah, oh, this... Enough teasing, Alan. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop teasing those legs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Show us the biceps. Look at the calves. Look at the calves. Show us the body. <laughs> Show me that cock. I mean, no, don't do that. No, not, not in the current climate, you in, no, no. No. Not in the current climate. Text it to oh. me and I'll look at it later. <laughs> like Seth Rollins. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, honestly, actually, it looks, it looks a mixture of good stuff and bad stuff. Yeah, Seth Rollins is cock. Sounds That's like every best other time. Time. show. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'll leave it for all. Yeah, cool. I'll leave it we'll, for we'll find out about that next week, listeners. Dude. Next week, you're optimistic. Well, you are, I mean, next show, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, nice. Come on, what a month. We've done one a month since February. This is the fifth one in a row. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. We'll probably, we'll probably get the next one out sooner, being it's a round table. You'd like a year off. Um, well, what you what, we've already had an episode released in June, haven't we? So yeah, this will yeah. this will post in July. 
this will be the Julys yeah. that we're taping now tonight. So obviously, I think lockdown will sort of be on the way out by then, probably by the looks of it. It's like, another way to go, and I think it'll go backwards. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, well, we'll see. But um, so we'll get back onto our normal quarterly schedule after that. Quarterly? Yeah, then we get yeah optimistic. <laughs> yeah, like one is there a, a year, thirdly? Can you say thirdly? Um, what, what one every four months? You mean? Yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe I don't one know. One per season. <laughs> one per season. Ah, oh, uh, the leaves are coming off the tree. Look, it for, must be another must be time for incompatibles. <laughs> ah, ah that could be the first snows of winter. Another episode, please. <laughs> <laughs> the crops are growing in the field. Another episode, please. <laughs> That's how it works. We're turning the field of conquistadors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Incredible. Just Indeed. bloody incredible. <sighs> Make your next move. Make it over.